a good one here. This is a good one. Welcome to Taz Show, ladies and gentlemen. we got a great guest coming on in a while. Uh, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. You're going to love him. Uh, and again, thank you for downloading this episode at Radio.com or maybe Apple Podcasts or TazShow.com. Wherever you get your pods, you download this. I appreciate it. And thanks for subscribing to my content. If you did not subscribe, you need to do that. Don't fuck around. Subscribe. You know how I get. I get pissed off. So make sure you subscribe. Sure, that's simple. So anyway, uh, this is a great, great uh, episode you're going to get here. Looking forward to chatting it up with Nick Aldis, uh, the man known as Magnus back in the day from TNA, uh, the former NWA world champ, now getting an opportunity at the NWA title again against Cody in Nashville, October 21st at the Asylum. That's a Sunday night, and it's going to be awesome. It's a, a big, big event, NWA 70. And, yeah, listen, this, this, this whole thing here, um, basically really got uh, just snowballed and rolled from the massive successfully all-in event where Nick went into that event as the NWA champ and Cody uh, successful and defeated at all-in, defeated Nick. So now we're getting that rematch October 21st. Get your tickets uh, and make sure if you know there's still some available. So go, go to that event on October 21st. Uh, the NWA event on that Sunday. If you're anywhere near Nashville, you're going to love it. And you're going to love the chat that I have uh, here in this episode with uh, Nick. I'll get into that in a second. Uh, guys, if you or someone you know is concerned about a veteran, please call the Veterans Crisis Line. Confidential support is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year for veterans and their families. Simply dial 800-273-8255 and press the number one or use the online chat function on VeteransCrisisLine.net, or you can text 838-255. The Veterans Crisis Line is available to all veterans, even those not enrolled in VA healthcare, guys. Okay, so please uh, go to VeteransCrisisLine.net to learn more about recognizing signs of crisis uh, and, and obviously warning signs of suicide and how to respond to a veteran loved one who might be in crisis. Confidential support is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year for veterans and their families. Like I said, 800-273-8255. Uh, and press the number one. So, guys, um, uh, I, I want to just get in for, for a minute here before I, I, you know, we have uh, Nick come on, Nick Aldis, uh, who's getting an opportunity, like I said, for that NWA championship again. Um, I, I just got to bring this up real quick. Um I, I didn't catch all of Raw. I saw what happened, uh, happened, I should say, uh, to Liv Morgan. Um, and I, saw, I basically wish Brie Bella ends up catching her with one of the yes kicks uh, and ends up knocking her out. So, uh, look, first off, B- Bella didn't, this is not intentional. I watched it many times from a couple different angles. It's not intentional what happened here. Um, it happens. Their timing, both girls, their timing was off. It's really that simple. It happens. It's you hear the cliche all the time, but it's a shoot. It's not ballet. 
Okay, it's not ballet. It's that simple. So it's not Liv's fault. It's not Bella's fault. It's not, It just happens. Their timing was off, and Liv got caught on what you call the button, right, on a part of her chin, and that's basically what ended up knocking her out. It was scary seeing that happen to her. Um, I, I have to say, I do think that WWE, uh, I, I, I think that their intentions, and I always talk about that they're big into safety. I think this could have, this was a, a, a bang bang situation. And I think that things could have been handled a little bit better, in my professional opinion, uh, just as a, a, an observer watching it and someone who's been knocked out in the ring, someone who's knocked people out in the ring. Uh, you know, um, you know, I mean, I, I just have to be honest on these comments. And, like, you might not hear a lot of people that worked for WWE or, or looking to go back to WWE say stuff like this, but I'm just going to say it. That match has to stop, and that girl needs to be taken out of that match ASAP. Okay, well, once she's knocked out, that that needs to that she should not have tried to get up. No one should have touched her neck. Uh, Brie Bella was concerned about her, so she was checking on her. That that everything needs to stop. She should not have been involved in a spot later on. She should not have tried to lock up and push. You can see she's falling down when she goes to to. Once, uh, once she's knocked, once she gets kicked, uh, once Bree kicks her with that button shot on the jaw and goes for a cover, you could see Bree's concern. Bree knows something's not right, and somehow, on instinctual, Liv just kicked out and was such a weak kick out. And then, you know, because Bree's nervous, she's picking her up by the head, and the referee he don't know what to do. Okay, and then, uh, you know, Bree's trying to hold her up, and 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 Liv, Liv can't even stand up. And she's trying that she's got to be taken out of the ring and it's got to end. It's got to completely just end. It's got to be done. The match, she's got to be taken out of the match. Nothing, nothing else should have happened. I just have to say that I had to get that off my chest and I got to be honest with you. I'm a little surprised the way that went down. Um, uh, seriously. Uh, so just my opinion, you know, I mean, I, 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 what I understand now as I record this, I believe that she's in concussion protocol. Um, hopefully she does not have a concussion. Um, you know, but uh, I just, you know, I hope she's going to be okay. I assume she's going to be, but, you know, we'll see. Um, um, you know, it, it's like I said, it's a bang-bang situation, and not everybody handles things in the right way sometimes with that, and you can't fault anyone sometimes. I, as far as the two wrestlers, you can't blame them in this, in my opinion. Um, you can't. So, anyway, uh, segueing out of that uncomfortably, uh, like I said, I'm looking forward here to talking with Nick Aldis. This is going to be great. You guys are going to love it. Um, uh, he's a very articulate man, a, a very intelligent man. You're going to learn a lot about his history. You're going to learn a lot about what he felt and thought during TNA. You're going to really learn a lot about the NWA and his goals and what he's doing and what he's done already um, and the, the great 10 pounds of gold series and all this stuff and this this awesome event that's we're fixing to get into here that, that's going to happen October 21st at the Asylum in Nashville, Tennessee, where Cody defends his NWA championship against uh, uh, Nick Aldis. So we're going to get into all that in this episode here. On the other side of the break, it's going to be uh, kick-ass, as they say. And uh, speaking of kick-ass, uh, you know, huh, one of my main kick-ass uh, things is, well, Rocket Mortgage by Quick Loans. See, the Taz Show is supported by Rocket Mortgage by Quick Loans, and they're introducing their all-new rate shield approval. Yeah, buddy. 
If you're in the market to buy a home, Quicken Loans will lock your rate for up to 90 days while you shop. That's a huge deal, guys. They will lock your rate for up to 90 days while you shop. It's a very simple process to get started. Real simple. All you got to do to get started, go to rocketmortgage.com slash TAZ. That's a rocketmortgage.com slash TAZ. Rate shield approval only valid on certain 30-year purchase transactions. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply. Based on Quicken Loans data in comparison to public data records, equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, nmlsconsumeraccess.org, number 3030, and they call it a rocket mortgage by Quicken Loans. Yeah, damn right. All right, other side of the break, we're going to have my man Nick Aldis. We'll be right on here with Taz, me, I'm Taz, and Nick Aldis, formerly known as Magnus. After the break, you'll have it. Sit tight. All right, well, we are back here on the Taz Show. And, uh, well, without any further ado, promised. Promised a man formerly known as Magnus. Well, we all know him as Nick Aldis. Uh, Big Nick, uh, it's weird calling you Nick because for so long, as long as I've known you, you're always Magnus to me. But it's okay. I'll call you Nick. Uh, What's going on, brother? Long time, no talk. Yeah, right, right. Well, you know, a few texts here and there and a few uh, tweets. But, yeah, yeah. I, it's nice to be. It's nice to be my own. Uh, my own name now. My own man. It's. It's funny. Like it's a weird thing, right? Because you, you. You know people in the business from different eras, and you sort of allow them to like. Like. Like with with you, uh, Earl Hebner, different guys. They're like, hey, Magnus. You know, and it's. It's totally normal to me, but. From a wrestling point of view, now I, I feel like a completely different guy. Like I'm I'm Nicole. It's on my own. I'm my own man now, dude. I gotta tell you, I've always now we've got to work together. Not wrestle each other. Obviously, you're younger than me. But when you know you were really kicking ass during your time at TNA, I was doing commentary in TNA. So when I say work with you, you know what I mean. Work in the same company, and I got to know you, and um, always was a big fan. Always a big fan of everything. And I just was putting you over recently because of. The great, the great shit you guys did, you know, you and Cody at All In, and we'll get into All In in a second, but always was a, a mark for everything, your whole character, your promo work, um, the way you carried yourself backstage, which, you know, uh, it seems like your generation and the generation after yours seems like there's more of that going on and less guys walking around pilled up, you know, which is nice to see, uh, being blunt, right? You know, but you know what I mean? And, and so you always were a pro and you're still a pro. And I am so happy for all the success you've been having. Um, and you just, you know, I, I, I really feel like younger wrestlers today, current wrestlers today, should look at a guy like you and uh, how you model your career, what you do, and how successful one can be without being in WWE. You well, know, and cool. you know what I mean? And, and that, to me, is awe-inspiring and very impressive. Well, that's that's very kind of you to say. You know, certainly it hasn't been without its uh, setbacks and challenges, but... Um, I think that's maybe that's part of the reason why I've been able to to have the year I've had now with with the NWA because I think that in many ways um, my career is almost as it sort of mirrors the the plight of the NWA in in some respects uh, in the sense that it was almost gone uh, and almost forgotten you know and and then and then um, sort of with with a bit of will and, and a bit of luck and a bit of serendipity I sort of you know bootstrapped my way back up and. And was able to culminate it in uh, in all in, which was you know really a, a, 
a power of vision more than anything. You know, it was one of those things where when the NWA um, concept was was given to me with, you know, with Billy and Dave Lagana. Right. Um, it was it was one of those things where I, I was almost out. I almost I, I was actually doing some consulting work for the first time in my adult life. I had uh, I was sort of looking at doing something besides wrestling. Um, and I was just a very disenchanted with with the business. And and uh, it was interesting that that call came at that time. It was obviously fate. Uh, and then once I once I had sort of spoken to Billy at length because we had we'd crossed paths very briefly on my way out of TNA and his, his right. way in. Um, it was, I sort of understood, okay, his philosophies on the business are very different to what I anticipated them to be. Uh, and I think that they mirror my own in a lot of ways. And I think that what he's looking to do is provide that thing that I felt was missing from the business as well, which was the style of presentation that we've, that we've gone for. And I basically just said, okay, if we can do it like this, and I'm not taking all the credit, you know, I'm not su- suggesting that the 10 pounds of gold uh, concepts and everything was, was, was my idea alone. But it was one of those things where I said, I love the builds that UFC do. And I love the builds that HBO and Showtime do for the big boxing matches and stuff, but I'm not a boxing or MMA aficionado by any means, but I just really enjoy watching the way that they built one significant fight because it makes it mean something yeah the marketing the packaging the problem and and i said there is that to me seems like the logical way to go about this as opposed to just volume of you know i can turn on any device any day of the week and watch really good wrestling matches now of course new japan ring of honor nxt wwe you know impact it's like this there's just so much that that's that, that 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 part of it is really well covered and what we're missing is perhaps that 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 meaning you know that that emotion attached to the moment and and that's what we sort of went after and i was obviously my thing was okay if i'm going to do this when i become the nwa champion my goal and i'm going to make i made a promise to myself right from the start that whatever happens when i when the time comes for me to you know to pass this torch on it's going to be a it's going to be in a big crowd and a a big fucking night and it's going to mean something right you're able to do that well, that all-in deal, dude, let me tell you something. I mean, it, it was so impressive for a lot of reasons. Look, the, the actual live event itself was friggin' awesome. I mean, I mean, you got a bunch of men and women that can basically work their asses off, so it's a layup. You know it's going to be fucking great wrestling, and you guys did that. And But to me, which was even more impressive, was the buildup and how it was built up and how, you know, especially the top – talents in this thing yourself and cody and the bucks and everybody you know the as far as social utilizing social media and not spending a crazy budget on promotion you guys really just went i guess new school in promotion and and very innovative and very smart and just and, and you guys packed that fucking building in chicago and what a rabid audience it, it must have been a blast uh especially working there you know and and going in there as the nwa champ i mean you came out without the title but now you get another shot at cody but still i'm just saying it must have been awesome it was unbelievable and, and look the the credit for the success of all in belongs 100% to the young bucks and to Cody. Um, you know, the, the bucks since they, since they left TNA in, in what, 2012, 13, uh, yeah, it's probably around then. Yeah. They, they, they did so much, uh, you know, you talk about 
guys that that young guys should look up to as far as how to how to build and monetize and galvanize a fan base uh, and and to create an empire for yourselves without without the big machine no better example and i don't know if there will ever be a better example than nick and matt jackson Uh, you might be Uh, right and, and and so you know that was a testament to them they were gracious enough uh you know to allow you know us to to, to be involved with it and I, and i say that you know it trying to be as gracious as i can because obviously we we understood that this was what cody wanted you know cody cody saw what we were doing he uh he obviously had a, a relationship with logano going back to logano's relationship with dusty right so it was like he was obviously paying attention and he would make, he would, you know, he would allude to stuff sort of very early on, you know, and, and, and Dave would, would tell me like, Oh, you've got Cody's attention, you know? And, and, and it was fun because it was interesting to, to see that we, what we were really doing was the same kind of thing that they'd done with being the elite and different things, but in our own, in a completely different way. And I'll tell you, that's honestly my favorite thing about all in is that, um, what was really cool about it, and I think it was Cody who who uh, described it as like wrestling Woodstock. <laughs> and I think the cool thing about it was that while like Cody and the Bucks could have very easily been like, "This is our show, and it's going to be like everything we want, and it's going to be like you know, it's, it's going to be all our style and our preferred." Right, just put you know, themselves just, over and put, yeah, right, right, yep. And, and instead, they you know, I, I think Nick and Matt probably took a little bit of convincing to have an NWA title match, you know, at first, um, because they probably thought, uh, because, you know, when, they, when you, when you're that wrapped up in your own stuff, cause you're that busy, you know, it's hard to pay attention to everything that's going on. And I knew Absolutely. that there was a bit of buzz around what we were doing, but I don't think they really fully understood exactly what. And then once, you know, Cody said, this is what I want and this is what I really want to do. And I think it can be something different. They completely understood it, which was why that event was so successful because it was, it really was something for everyone. And, you know, on a, on a show that had a lot of stuff that uh, catered to a particular fan base to be able to get arguably the biggest reaction of the night and to have the, really the, the defining moment of that event, you know, for, for the NWA world's title, you know, having, having really almost, it was almost a year from when we pretty much started the project from scratch you right. know, stone cold. Do you know what I mean? Like to, to, yeah. to get it to there within one year was, was, you know, it, it, it's something that I don't think, uh, you know, will ever be replicated. Certainly not in my career because it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. Well, you know, you know, what was cool. Nick too was like, and I think I'm trying to remember. I probably, uh, I know I did actually, I recorded a podcast after the all in event and it might've been in there or maybe when I had Lagana on as a guest, I can't recall, but regardless, I remember saying that like it felt, it was perfect. It was almost like all in and the NWA and the title for the NWA put aside the talent, the stars, the wrestlers, yourself or Cody, put that aside. It almost was like, obviously we know the history and, and the great tradition of the NWA and the NWA championship, right? It's, it's, it's an insane legacy and it's pride filled, but it, it was almost like something new all in injected life into something that helped I mean, injected life into the NWA and the tradition and the legacy and the pride and the, and the storied history of the legacy. I mean, of the uh, uh, NWA boom, that was injected into all in kind of like a perfect storm, man. And, and to be in the middle of that thing, like you were, that'd be fucking awesome. I gotta be honest. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, look, there was it was it was one of those funny things where obviously we were like I said we had started to get some buzz. There was some real there was some real buzz around what we we're doing, and people were really um, latching on to to the what we ended up calling the oldest crusade, which was basically all of my bookings that I already had. Hmm. Once I won the NWA title and because like 10 pounds of gold had started to get a bit of buzz, all these promoters all came back and said, can we make it an NWA title match? Cause at first we were kind of like, okay, how are we going to do this? Are we going to, are we going to be, be more selective about, you know, where we, where we do a title match, stuff like that. And in the end I said, every promoter that I'm booked for now wants this to be a title match. Right. So, yep. I feel like you're either, you know, to, 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 for lack of a better term, are we all in or all out? Because either we're going to say yes to all of them or we've got to say no to all of them because otherwise they're going to be butthurt, you know. Yeah. So I said, let's, I said, let's go, let's, let's say yes to all of them because then I already had bookings at that point on, uh, you know, on three different continents. And then when China came along, it was four. I said, what better way to 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 say that we've that we've brought the NWA title back to life than to say I defended it on four different continents in the space of a year? Mm, crazy, yeah. and, and it was, and that was kind of, and so there was already that, and then obviously when the All In All In had its own completely huge runaway buzz. So then at the press conference, the only match that was announced and confirmed was that Cody said, "I'm going to challenge for the NWA title." Suddenly, everyone went, "Oh, they've." Like it was, a, it was all of a stamp of approval in the sense of like, oh, these guys are getting as much attention as I thought they were because they've got Cody's attention and they've got the Bucks' attention, and you know, and it was that seal of approval from both sides. And look, it's mutually beneficial because we're obviously mobilizing a lot of fans that have sort of fallen off. I get so many emails and you know, Facebook messages and different things like all the time that are saying like, I, I gave up on wrestling. I don't like the soap opera stuff. I don't like this. I don't like that. You know, I grew up on Mid Atlantic, and I want this, and I want that. Sure. And they're loving it again. So you know, so we're 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 bringing stuff together. I I I, I joked today. We, we uh, Billy and 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 Dave and I have a three way uh, Slack um, app. We use the Slack app to discuss you know NWA matters. I think actually Dave mentioned that. I, I guess maybe I'm getting old. I don't know what the Slack gimmick yeah, is. Well, they, they they just Slack was just valued at like a billion dollars or two billion dollars or something. So then What's it's it like, like a, a uh, what do you call it? Gimmick like a, a group text kind of. It's like a messaging app, but it's basically like a project management messaging app. For, it's for businesses. So you can have separate threads going on for separate conversations. So, for example, we have different we have different uh, chats open for like NWA 70, for my stuff in particular, for overall NWA business, mm. or, you know, for different things. So you, so you can keep the conversations on point, right? And it's different. And then you can also share things like, you know, um, files and different stuff. But, yeah, we, we, we communicate with that. And... Um, we, you know, obviously, we, the the, the uh, announcement that just kind of sent, that got a lot of people talking the last couple of days was that Jim Cornette was is going to be color color commentary, yeah, along with uh, right and Shivani and play by play, right? Yeah, Tony's going to announce that the, the the match with Cody and I. So it was kind of like you know, and obviously Jim's a very polarizing guy. So there was you know, it was, it was but it was very positive overall, um, and it was just you know, and I just said this is great. Well, I think it is great, especially with his history. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, and and he stays on top of the business no matter if if people disagree or agree with his points of view. It don't matter. The guy, Jim Cornette, is a legendary character and manager, as most know. And and a, a bulk of his success came uh, in the National Wrestling Alliance. I think it's fucking great, smart. Yeah, and let's face it, like tell you know, there's there's outside of outside of Bobby Heenan, who's unfortunately no longer with us. Can you really tell me anyone else who's as slick on the mic as him like never flubs a line is always you know he's he's just 
he's a soundbite machine. I mean, I don't know if there's a better talker, you know, in the history of the business. Thing. I'd have to put myself over then sure, say Jim, sure. but that's okay. Well, I'm a suplex you know, guard, as you know, Nick. But we've got a limited budget. So. <laughs> you know, I'm a suplex <laughs> guard, brother. Come on. <laughs> but what, the point I was going to make was <laughs> I know, that, I'm busting your chops. <laughs> the point I was going to make was that, like, I said, did you? I said to Dave and Billy, do you realize that we? completely like here's an here's a here's a perfect way to show that we're doing something right is that we've we've managed to unite the opinions of vince russo jim Cornette, and eric bischoff <laughs> that's They've crazy all got over 10 pounds of gold you know in the last few months and and by the way the, the you know for those that aren't paying attention because you know you might have heard me when i talked to dave Lagano or whatever and 10 pounds of gold and the, the youtube i mean i guess you'd call it a series nick right but it, uh, at the nwa youtube uh uh page it's phenomenal uh people it, people love it the production is you know dave does an amazing job with that and you guys are you know, whoever's involved with it it sounds like you're probably involved i guess to a level of something with creativity behind the scenes nick on this thing but i love it i'm a mark for it. i think it's great it's yeah, it's it's absolutely a, a product of of Dave's uh, hard work and and you know talent when it comes to shooting and editing and directing. Um, but as from from a concept standpoint, yeah, certainly my fingerprints are on it. Um, you know, it, we all all of our fingerprints are on it because, it, like I said, I went back to that thing where I said, look, and I sent him a bunch of links right at the beginning. I sent him a bunch of like d- different things like uh, HBO twenty four seven, Showtime All Access, you know, UFC embedded, UFC countdown. The different. Yeah, yeah. This is you know this is where they get their mileage out of one fight. You know, for a fighter every every six months or every twelve months. In some cases, it's like because they put so much effort on the on the build. You know that and and this this beautiful work to sort of to really build anticipation to the to the climax and i said like that's that's what's missing we can do it very smart i mean to take that well not take but to be inspired by a model like that what they you know with those different entities you were talking about um and that's where i first on the 10 pounds ago i i wasn't now pardon my ignorance but i wasn't familiar when i want to get your take on this gentleman tim storm who wasn't the nwa champ and i believe you're the one who defeated him and then you went on to face cody i know all the matches in between but for overview tim storm what does he mean to uh you know to the nwa and and to when he was the champion and that transition time i'd love to get your take on it you worked with him you know him i assume you respect him i'd love to get your take on him uh he's 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 developed a, a I don't want to say a cult following, but like a cult respect, you know? And I think because he, he represented um, really the, the culture of the 10 pounds of gold series at the beginning in a sense that we, and again, sort of talking about how um, my, you know, my, my, my career at that point when I first got on board was, you know, was almost down and out and I was sort of debating on whether I was going to stay in or or sort of something else. Tim, in a lot of ways, is is a really good, um, you know, representation, you know, metaphorically of of the NWA as well. Because you know, let's face it, it <laughs> the title never actually went away. It was always it was always active. It was being defended. Right, right. It just wasn't being. Defended That's true. That's true. High profile, you know, in, events and stuff. But there were, you know, and and look, there there were some guys that perhaps shouldn't have had it, and there and it probably, you know, and it, it didn't have the value that it deserved. But when yeah, the I I believe this is true, but when they when they first took it on, uh, the the original intention was they were just going to strip everyone, right? They were just going to go, okay, 
you know, send all the belts back. We're starting from scratch. Right. And we'll, we'll figure out what we're going to do. Just like a complete blow up makeover. Yeah. And then, and then for whatever reason, I don't know if it was Billy, but my guess is it probably was Billy because, you know, he, he can be like that. He has these, he, you know, he's eccentric and he has these, but he, but he has these sort of real flashes of brilliance where he just has these sort of feelings on stuff. Mm, okay. And he just, and he, and he said, well, let's go and meet the guys, you know, like let just, just in case we've got, you know, where there's a diamond in the rough, you know? Mm. And Dave went down to, uh, to Texas, uh, I believe. And, and met Tim and just, and just, there was just, you know, Tim is just such a, he's, you know, he was just, we just became enamored by this guy's personality. You know, he's just such a, because he really is, he's a man's man, um, which goes a long way with Billy because he felt like that was, that was something that was kind of missing in, in the presentation of, of, of the business. Like a blue collar family man type yeah, feel. And sure. like, he, he, that jumps off with him, yeah, with, with Tim's talk for sure. Right. He's got a presence about him. He's a big brick headed, you know, bastard. And he's, he's like, and he's got that deep Southern, you know, deep Texas accent. He's, a, you know, and, and you just look at him and you go, you, you, you wouldn't fuck with this guy. No. And he's got a million dollar smile, but he looks like he's a yeah. badass, you know? <laughs> right, right. And, and he's, and he's weathered and he's like, right. you just got that feeling that, you know, this, you know, you could, you could, you could easily just surmise that this guy's, you know, seen his fair share of rough and tumble. <laughs> and it was just like, and then, and then he was so humble and so um, just, you know, so self-aware that it really, really translated well to the style of documentary doing. And, and, and more importantly, it contrasted really well with me because obviously the perception of me was that, Oh, this kid, you know, he got, he got like a big break, you know, in his right at his right at the beginning of his twenties, he's got a good look and yada, yada, yada. Well, people, like, just let, me, let me stop, bro. Like, see, the thing is too, a lot of people think that you were just, on, uh, and Gladiators, the UK version of Gladiators, and and Dixie Carter saw you and said, "Oh my God, that's it!" And next thing you know, he's a TNA champion, TNA world champ. But there was a lot more, right? right. And, and that, yeah, no, and, and believe me, like it's uh, it's amazing how many people, even in TNA, thought that that was the case. Like, bro, they, like, I was one of them when I first got there. I thought that was the case. I didn't know. I didn't know how many years you were working in the UK and grinding and bumping and paying dues. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, no, I, st- I, I, I broke in with, with Paige's mom and dad with the Knights, and I was 17, and it was like working. I was like working full-time by the time I was 18 or 19. I was working full-time for Dixon doing I d- had no clue, bro. I was like, I was like, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I was still green as shit. It doesn't, you know, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't make, make me that was any good. I just had, I had fundamentals, but I had no idea how to work television. And, of course, right. no, one, no one in TNA, you know, took the time to actually tell me. You know, it's just sort of it's just sink or swim, right? But, like, <laughs> yeah. I just I showed up one day and they were like, okay, off you go. Like four minutes. I mean, four minutes. I've never wrestled a four minute match in my life. You know, like, here's, a, here's a big guy from the UK. He looks like a million bucks. Uh, go get him. Yeah, I did. it was like that. And, you know, I came back and was like, what the fuck was that? You should have, you were supposed to, go, you were supposed to eat his lunch. You were supposed to gobble him up. I was like, well, I didn't know. Like, yeah, I, I, if you wrestled four minutes for Brian Dixon, you'd be fired. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> You'd send you home and you'd starve for two weeks. Yeah. You, you can't wrestle four minutes. I've got bills to pay. You know, like I, I had no idea, you know, but yeah, but, but, and, and look, the thing with me is I've always been for better or for worse. I've always been comfortable embracing like what people think of me. Yeah. Instead of like trying to work against the grain and be like, no, no, that's not who I am. Try, like, please. I'm just like, fuck it. If that's what you think of me, then cool. I'll just exploit it and work you and make money from it. Right. So like that was, and, and I said, look, what's the perfect, he's the perfect antithesis of me because he's this like hardworking guy. He's been grafting for like 20 plus years, never had a break, 
you know, now he's like, and he's the NWA champion. And he, he said this brilliant line right from the, you know, one of, it might have even been the first ever episode of 10 pounds of gold. And he said, this is my mountaintop, you know, and, and you really yeah. felt that he believed it. And it was like, damn it. You know, like this guy, <laughs> he, he doesn't, he knows he's not a big star, but God, he's the NWA champion. And it means so much to him. And then here's me like, you know, arrogant fucking yeah and it just created a great you know a launching point for everything and 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 as a result uh as long as the nwa is you know in existence in its current form with the current people running it and everything else like he will always have a spot you know in some way shape or form i like, thought it was really a classy that. and perfect cool touch that that uh storm was at all in yeah. and stuff like that before that match with yourself and cody i really thought that was i didn't expect that i thought that was very cool i, I the, the only thing I, I fucked up there was that i should have i i uh, i texted dave and billy and said what do you guys think about having tim you know tim be part of my walkout team my entourage and they were both we love it blah 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 they said call him and what we should, we didn't think about it till later on, but we should have filmed it. You know, like this is a, this. Oh, way. you calling that would have been good. Yeah. I called him, and I swear to God, dude, he he, he cried a little bit. You know, because it wow. was. I just and it was a very quick. You know, because he's a man's man. It's a quick conversation, and I just, I called him and said, "Tim, are you free on on uh, September the first? And he was, right. "I can be." Why? And I was like, "Well, you know, I'd love you to. I'd love you to. You know, would like to fly you to Chicago. I'd love for you to walk out to the ring with me, and you know, in uh, all in, you know, for the." For the title match, he must have loved it. That, yeah, that had to be cool. just, and he stood there for a second. He went, "God damn, you're gonna make me cry." <laughs> <laughs> and it was great, you know. Like I was, and I was like, "Fuck, we should have filmed this." <laughs> I know. Well, uh, and again, out. back to the YouTube guy. When, when, film everything. When I um when I saw um the stuff the the business that you and Tim were doing before you before you captured the NWA title. I'm like, man, in character now, I'm speaking in character for both of you guys, I'm like, everything that this character, Tim Storm, stands for, Nick Aldis or Magnus, whoever you want it to be, does not. It's perfect. This is a perfect fucking uh, uh, blue-collar, hardworking, grinding guy who's the champ, and now you got this fucking legitimate world, former world champion who looks like on the surface was had everything handed to him. Okay, built like a billion bucks, looks like a million bucks, could work his ass off, worked with every top guy in the business and beat him. Oh, my God, this poor Tim Storm is fucked. I mean, that's kind of what I felt watching. And I'm like, this yeah. is perfect, you know. So you guys did a good job on the production, seriously. Yeah, no, and, and it was – and what, what we did – what we, what we learned right from the beginning, and this was – and Tim was a perfect example, was we said, look, instead of – like, the, you know, people people – people want authenticity, I think. And I think we just like, instead of, instead of saying, okay, well, cause you, you've seen it, you know, when, when you try to create an entire story, you know, an entire sort of, uh, you know, origin and the whole thing, it's hard for, you know, for people to buy into it because the performer has to really, you know, be, understand every single element of it. And, you know, we're not professional actors. As, as good as we are, we're not Correct. professional actors. Yeah, we're not. We're, we're like, so we're not sitting there studying these characters like when so someone goes to do a movie and they sort of study who the character is and their, and their backstory and their origin and everything like that. So the best way for it to, to work is if a lot of the character is you or, you know, is, is, is there already. And well, Of course, it's organic. And it's yeah. like, to your point, you're not acting. I know my success all the years, I was the human suplex machine, that Taz character, bro. 
I, that's the only character I could play because it was an extension of me. I'm not a fucking actor, but I could put that towel on and fucking scare the shit out of you. I mean, <laughs> that's all I knew how to do. You know what I mean? Like, I, I couldn't go and be an actor, though, you know, to your yeah, point. No, exactly. And, like, some guys can, obviously, you know. Yeah, but, true. Very and, true. And, and, and then, you know, it's it's like Cody and I. The, the, people are, people are, are sinking their teeth into this rivalry because the rivalry is real. Mm. Like, mm. here I am. I'm going like, I fucking did all this work. You know, I, I wrestled on all these piss pot shows, you know, agreed to have like a camera following me around 24 hours a day. And you know, that's, it's tedious at times. Absolutely. Like capturing all this stuff, you know, basically at the, t- at, to begin with, I was only making what I made on those shows. It wasn't right. being paid, you know, extra to do this shit. I was just doing it. Because I because I believed in the in the concept and I believed in the value that it was going to add to me long term, and you know here and, and looking at me and, and then everyone going man you know he's he's really made the NWA title relevant again and he's you know and he's been yeah. a great champion and blah 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 and then here's here's Cody who let's face it you know he he leans whichever way the wind's blowing he's going okay the Bullet Club's hot I'm going to join the Bullet Club you mm. know and then oh look the, the, this nwa oh shit like man i want to be the nwa champion you know and he's, he's like a little kid like oh the shiny new toy i want that toy you know and so now mm. we're and, and so then it's kind of like okay well if he wants it then like let's do business so now we're well, in I think that, 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 the that, real that, thing there that's what i was gonna say and you could tell a little bit in the way you guys worked with each other in chicago at all in that because it was a hell of a match and it was snug and you could tell that there you know I know what it means to be in a rivalry and have some legitimate fucking heat with somebody. And maybe a lot of fans can't tell, but I didn't know that until you just said that here. And I appreciate you being honest like that and candid. Yeah, I do. And, um, about, about Cody, but, uh, which I think makes for this match on October 21st, uh, even more of a must see, um, especially if there is a little bit of a, well, legitimate competitiveness between you you guys. It's, it's a healthy rivalry. I mean, like, look, you know, like for example, when, when it's very much sort of, you know, one upmanship a lot of the time, you know, because there are things that, uh, that, that, you know, Cody, you know, excels at that, that perhaps I'm, you know, that, that, that I'm not insecure about, but I'm like, damn, he's got me beat there. But then there are other areas where he knows, you know, that I've got him kind of beat. And it's like, it's, it's funny that just little things like before all in, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd toss around different ideas for how to keep building to the, you know, to the match and everything else. Because look, you know, like we're not trying to, again, we're not trying to insult anyone's intelligence. Obviously we all worked on this together to build to this culminant. Right. Right. We didn't touch like and we agreed, like that was the best way to do this. Hmm. So we, when we talked about, okay, it was like, uh, you know, Dave would tell me, okay, Cody wants to do entourages. And it was funny because almost every time some like one of us would suggest something, the other person would go, I was just about to say that, you know, like uh, we're very on the same page in that respect. We have, we've got healthy egos. Yeah? yeah. And it's like, but you go, okay, DDP is going to be in his and dream is going to be in his. Like, okay. All right, fine. Okay. I'm going to have Jeff Jarrett in mine. You know what I mean? He's got a hall of fame. I want a hall of fame. You know, like he's got this guy, I want this guy, you know? And it was like, uh, and Cody would text Dave and be like, you know, do you think Nick would do a weigh-in? And like, and Dave's like, you know, a weigh-in. Like, a, a, I said, oh yeah, I said, sure. I said, he, I said, you mean a pose down, really? What he means is a pose down, right? Because he, he you know, he obviously got this idea in his head that he was going to bulk up and then, you know, and then shred down and like, you know, blow me off the stage with his new improved physique. Hold on, what did he weigh going into that all-in and what did you weigh? On a shoot, like what was like? What do you think? Well, legit? I, mean, I know you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, his legit weight. The weigh-in, 
because he was pretty chunky when we first set the match up. He'd obviously been bulking up, right? And I was right. like, okay, I see where this is going. He wants to... Yeah, he's going to blow up, then lean down. Yeah, of course. So, so he thought, you know. And he's like... Well, he And then uh, I know he had to, you know, in fairness, he had to slim down because he's been shooting uh, Arrow up in, in Vancouver. Right, okay. But nonetheless, you know, clearly his intent was like, well, he'll be bigger than me, but I'll be I'll be so lean and ripped and like everyone else, you know, and everyone else will be like, oh, Cody's got the better physique or whatever. Clearly that was in his, you know, clearly that was his vision. And then I, you know, and then and then the weigh-in was a bit of a different story. But yeah, I think I came in, just, he, he said, are we doing legit weights? I went, sure, if that's what you want, you know. He came in at like two oh six. I was like two thirty eight. Yeah, well, yeah, you're. Yeah, I mean, you're. I mean, I would think because you're a bigger frame. I mean, Cody's a big dude. You're definitely a, a bigger frame. Yeah. But um, which is the beauty of because the the physical chemistry that both you guys had, and he's a tremendous worker. You're a tremendous worker. You're both, you know, both used to having you know, so much big match experience. It's a perfect storm, uh, you know, that, that you two guys uh, did what you did in Chicago and do what you're fixing to do in Nashville, um, which I, I'm telling you, man, um, uh, I, I really think that uh, you guys are probably going to top. Uh, how long do you think the match is going to go in Nashville? What do you think? If you are if you budget-wise on that match, I'm just curious. What would you want to – how much time would you want to put into that match to make that match a perfect masterpiece? Look, it, it's, 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 the NWA, it's the NWA World's Championship on the 70th anniversary of the NWA with, you know, arguably, you know, the hottest rivalry in wrestling of this right. year. So I, I think it's pretty safe to say that, you know, it, it ain't going to be 10 minutes. No, you got to put time in. Um, work on your cardio. <laughs> and that's and that's it like and, and again that comes to another it's another another element for us is like that you know we we both take a hell of a lot of pride in in not only in what we do but in the business overall clearly with cody it's been ingrained in him in his dna of course me, i'm a student of the game i've been in the business now like for, uh, what 14 years you broke in like what oh three yeah yeah and um and and then like and was like full-time by like oh five i think and so 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 really and we both take great pride in, in, in what we do and we want to, there's a lot of, you know, there are a lot of things, uh, that we still, you know, that we still take very seriously in the sense of, you know, historically, right. There are certain things that, that, that wrestlers, uh, you know, of, of a certain caliber want to do and want to achieve and want to, you know, check off their bucket list. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, that's about as much as I want to say about it right now. But look. No, that's cool. That's cool. And, and and I get what you're saying, loud and clear. Yeah. I, I I was the same way. I know what, what you mean. The, the title match, if I get my way, the, the, the title match in Nashville will, will be – will be an absolute tip of the hat to the, you know, the legacy and tradition of the world's championship in the NWA. Yeah. I got a feeling you guys will pull that off. Um, seriously. And, uh, I'll tell you, I mean, I know a lot of the card, right? I, I don't, correct me if I'm wrong, as we record this right now, um, on September 25th and 2018, I, I, the only thing that's advertised thus far is, is the championship match yourself and Cody, correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's and I know ticket sales are going like crazy, and that's advertising one match, which yeah, is we did, um, we did about twenty five grand the first day, I think, wow. at the box office. So not not a bad day at the office. Um, oh, no, bro, shit, man, and and it's yeah. and for those just let me just so I can remember to do this right now. It's Nashville. It's uh, the Asylum at the Nashville Fairgrounds. Fairgrounds, I should say, Sunday, October twenty first. Uh, the, the rematch: Cody versus Nick. 
Cody versus Aldis, and uh, uh, you know you're getting a shot at that title um, at your five, at your time. Start time, you know, tip of the hat to six oh five Superstation. Oh wow, that's yeah. fucking cool, bro. <laughs> that's cool. Six oh five, and get this: the uh, the the general admission ticket price nineteen dollars and forty eight cents. Nineteen forty eight, the year the NWA was was born. You guys are out doing yourself, bro. <laughs> no, I, I'm a mark for that kind of shit. I love those little little nuggets like that. I think that's fucking cool, bro. Let's go back. Like, let's go way, way back. Not way back, you know. But when we were talking a little bit here and there about, you know, your time and uh, when you came into TNA and you, you've seen a lot of change over there. Not to get into long talk about TNA, but I do think that a lot of fans around the world, you know. Uh, they remember the Magnus character and they remember the success you had, you know, in the company. Um, obviously you learned a lot during your time there and cause you got to work with so many really, you know, tremendous hands, you know what I mean? Um, no matter what was going on, who was writing, who was the fucking drama money getting fucked with all that, put all that shit aside. I would think as an overview and not to speak for you, I want you to say it. Uh, and if, if I'm wrong, tell me, but, I would think you're probably pretty happy or proud or very content with what you did and your legacy in T- in, uh, in TNA. Absolutely, you know, like and, and I had this conversation with Bubba um, when I the last time I was in the studio in New York and I did Busted Open, you know, and and it, I said it, I think it's I I think it's a bit unfair at times how uh, people tend to forget just how much that company achieved in such a short period of time. You know, its inception was in 2002. I joined the company in 2009. And and by the time, you know, I I said the very beginning of 2009, it was the highest rated show on Spike. You know, it's, we've got all these big names. It's a, it's a full touring schedule. They're doing pay-per-views. Like the production values are off the charts. I mean, like for seven years, like I know, yeah, I know Like obviously the cart is, you know, pumped a, a lot of money into it and stuff like that. Nonetheless, it was really like, I mean, a pretty significant achievement. It's a shame that unfortunately it reached critical mass because, you know, almost in, in, a, in a way it was sort of a victim of its own success because it grew too quickly. And then, uh, you know, the, the infrastructure wasn't there in terms of licensing and live events and all those other things that sustain a business that, you know, where television is so important. Right. You know, and that, that it wasn't able to sustain its growth, you know, especially after like forking out, you know, huge money for guys like Hogan and stuff. But like, you know, but, and that's where W, you know, that's, that's the difference between WWE and everyone else. People can say whatever they want and they go, oh, you know, it's because of this, it's because of that, it's because of this person. It's not, it's not because of anyone writing a fucking wrestling show. It's because WWF or WWE during their times of times where business was down in the United States had developed such a strong base, such a strong set of revenue streams internationally that they could weather the storm. They had right, very right. strong licensing, very strong live events globally. Like go back and look at when they were quote unquote, getting their ass kicked by WCW. They weren't getting their ass kicked in England. They weren't getting their ass kicked in Germany or Israel or, you know, all across Europe. They were not like, right. they wouldn't even know who WCW were in some of those countries. Right. Good point. That's, very that's, good point. Like, it's funny to me. Like I, I'm a, I'm a big Bret Hart guy. You know, and I know that he can be polarizing too, in in the sense of like some people historically go, he's not one of the greatest, blah blah. blah. Bullshit. Well, I agree. Bullshit. I agree. Bullshit. He's, <laughs> you know, he's definitely. Yeah. He's one of the greatest because internationally he drew huge money. Like they, you know, they knocked down barricades for him in Germany, in the UK. I can speak for my, you know, my, you know, my generation of fans growing up. 
Bret Hart was the man. Like, and <laughs> you know that he did. Like, he made you know they, they eighty two thousand people didn't fill Wembley Stadium for no reason. You know? Right? No like, shit. No, just, you're right. Just I, I, I mean, I've gone off on a tangent here, but like the the that that was the problem. You know, the for me the the TNA stuff was you know it was just such a shame that that um like like a lot of things in wrestling you know some greedy wrestlers kind of came and were able to sort of hoodwink you know the, well yeah that's been happening for decades yeah, yeah and, and, and it is what it is but from from my from from my personal standpoint yes you're right i i look back on my progression there and this is another thing it's like you said you know it's people who 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 like to sort of summarize people who who don't fit the sort of mold of the kind of wrestler they like yeah so they want to they want to shit on guys like me or whoever whoever right, right. yeah they they look at it and they go oh oh he was dixie's favorite and he was tna champ and then he, next thing you know he's tna champion like <laughs> okay i showed <laughs> I up i worked every spot on that card i wrestled everybody i wrestled explosion a, a million times I, you know because i was you know i had a Five, five or six different gimmicks. I was calling them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, remember when I was like coming out with the fucking beret and like me and Nigel were like running around the mall and like, you know, with Chelsea and stuff. I mean, like I, I tried a lot. Of, I threw a lot of shit. You did a lot of shit, bro. You did. Yeah. And you know, so it's like, and it's just funny that, you know, that it, people were sort of revisionist history. Right. But like I, and, and like you said, uh, there were, there was a time uh, I, I'm like sort of comfortable talking about it now. And, and uh, there was probably, I had two possible chances probably to go to WWE during my, during my six years at TNA. Um, you know, no, nothing ever concrete, but I had a pretty good feeling. One of them, especially, um, very early on actually. And I opted to stay for a couple of reasons. One, because TNA had been very good to me. You know, they, right. they not only did they give me guaranteed money, uh, within, within my first year of being there. Um, but they also, uh, they also always covered all of my visa stuff, like all the, all the costs, all the legal fees and all Which that. Which is a lot of money and a pain yeah, in the ass. Yeah. Had, you know, I, I had friends who were in, in, cause I lived in Clearwater when I first came over and I, and so I had a lot of friends in Tampa because this was before NXT yeah. who were miserable because not only were they only making 500 bucks a week in developmental, but they were also having like a chunk taken out of that check to pay for their fucking visas and stuff. That's insane, like, bro. Holy shit. And, I, and, I was, and they'd go, oh, did you have to find all these newspaper clippings and like magazine articles and stuff? And I was like, no, I just showed up at the embassy. Like it was all taken care of. And they were like, what? I was like, yeah. Like, as you know, so, so it, was, it wasn't like, like people have this idea that TNA didn't have their shit together, but they See, that's the shit. No one hears that's a style. Nobody hears that. See, no yeah. one knows that. Yeah, and like there, there, there were certain areas where like they really had their shit together, and clearly Panda Energy or whoever it was who was handling that, you know, I don't know whether they had friends in Washington or what, but like my, that shit went like every time was just went straight through, no problem. Yeah. Um, and so I had a, a loyalty in that respect because I, you know, I, I felt a lot of gratitude to to Dixie, you know, and, and the team there for sort of putting me in that, you know, for giving me that, and also, yeah, I, I thought you, like I said, man, uh, you always. Uh always was a pro and you, you always just well that's kind of you're, you're, that's not necessarily true i mean there were times where i could you know where i was i had some growing up to do do you know what i mean like like let's let's call a spade a spade there were times where i was a bit of a prick like i was a bit of a you know because i was an yeah. arrogant, you know because i was young and i was sort of growing up you know but that's the thing i grew up in that company and you did but what i mean what i'm saying and you did and i remember i remember you know you and i've talked i mean back then i, I but you know what dude it it came from a place of passion, you know, like that's what I mean. So to me, I mean, you know, my son's 19 years old. He makes mistakes. He's a college athlete. He makes mistakes, but I know, 
know the bad mistakes and the mistakes that are from passion. And so any shit that you did, like silly, dumb shit, or if you acted like a like a like an asshole or whatever, it, I did when I was your age at that time. And and because you cared about the character, you cared about who who this Magnus was. Right. right. Um, look, I'll be like, you know, you put me in my place, and I needed it. You know, you you weren't the only one. There were different guys. Cornette was one of them. Bubba was one of them. There were different guys over the years who put me in my place when I needed it. And I think it's the same thing because they understood. Like Billy Gunn's another guy. We had a conversation about that recently when we were on a tour in Australia, you know, and it was like, there were times where like, you don't, I, you know, you realize it later on, but you only guys like you, you know, the veterans and the guys who have done something in the business, they're only going to make the effort to bother doing that. If they see something in the guy, Amen. if you care and you know, this kid, you're not a kid anymore, but I, I knew like, okay, this fucking guy, could make a lot of money and be like really good. I mean, it's like this shit just, you jumped off TV. Your work, like, I'm like, I, I, when I first came in from WWE as a comp, well, I was managing Small Joe, then going to the commentary. And I'm, and then I was assuming, well, maybe he's green, maybe he's, and I'm watching you work and I'm like, well, fuck, if this guy's green, he like learned quick. Like, <laughs> I did learn quick. Because I think the thing is, like, like I think, again, because. <laughs> I think I get a bit, I probably uh, <laughs> slightly overcredited for that because I had because I had a lot of I had a lot of fundamentals from my training, yeah, but like from coming in before. But I think a lot, like like we talked about before, a lot of guys didn't think that I had any training, so they're like, "Man, this guy's picking it up really fast." That's what I, bro. That's what happened with me. I'm like, "Wow, holy shit, this guy really yeah. has." <laughs> you know, it's a totally different animal. But it was the, the yeah, like going back to what I was saying before about having a couple of potential chances to go to WWE back, yeah, in, yeah. you know, in, in the early 2010s. Um, the 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 other thing that kept me. That kept me there the first time, especially was I looked around and I said, because I had, like I said, I had friends in developmental and they were miserable and they were all sort of wrestling each other. And I thought, I don't really, at the time, I thought, I don't know if that's conducive to getting where you want to be. And it's ironic that one of the people that I always looked up to was, was Triple H. And that was one of, and he said, I remember him saying about leaving WCW, saying, like, I need to get better, you know, and the only way I can get better is if I work a lot and I work with guys better than me. And at the time, I looked at that landscape and said, "Well, shit! My first year in TNA, I was in. A, I got put in a tag team. Thank God that saved me. Uh, you know, and and like I said, so Doug Williams is my tag partner, right? Doug's Doug's a master. Well, he's Doug's, Doug's the man. Doug's great. Yeah, I'm working with Beer Money, who is arguably the hottest act on the show. Bobby Roode's fantastic. James Storm's a great talker and great charisma." You know, has his own unique style, a very smash mouth, like Southern style. Sure. I'm, with, I'm working with the Dudleys, you know, hugely over a babyface tag team and obviously Bubba and Dion, you know, wealth of experience. I'm working with Booker T and Scott Steiner, you know what I mean? And then as a result, in, in every now and then, I'm getting to work with Kurt Angle, AJ Styles, and then I get married to Samoa Joe, you know what I mean? And, like, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm going, looking around and going, ah, I think I'm going to stay here. Because <laughs> I'm get, like, and then and look where all these and look, you know, where all those guys ended up. Sure, you know, of course. And 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 it's like that's why I'm sort of I'm, you know, I look at it as like even though I'm I'm a lot younger than than those guys, I'm sort of a generation behind them. I sort of, in a way, feel like their peer, you know, which is a really cool place to be because it's like when I, you know, outside of guys who who you know who were in WWE like Cody and people like that. There's not that many guys my age who have sort of the the wealth of experience that I have just for, in the sense of like the level of guys that I got to work with. 
Yeah, it's, I, I feel like you're just you, you've been in your prime for years, and you're not even. I, I think okay. you you got a lot a, a plethora left. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because I felt like you probably remember this too. I remember I felt like my coming out party in TNA was really the match with AJ in St. Louis, the Battle Series final, and and, yeah. and you you and Mike called that so beautifully. You know, I remember Thank you. it was like the first time that I really felt like everybody in the company was on the same page. It was a real synergy to everything. I remember like getting with you guys and saying like, this is what we're going to do. Jeff was back in the fold and Jeff was the agent and Jeff knew exactly what the business of that match was. You know what I mean? He's like, okay, AJ's going over, but we're going to make this kid in the process. Yep. And, you know, we had, and he specifically, I remember Jeff saying to me, when, when that one, two, three happens, you roll out to this, you roll out and you sit on the apron right here. I mean, he told me, he's like, you sit right there. You get tears in your eyes. You look up, you know, you look up to like, look out to the people and you just sit and sit and sit and sit. I promise you, you know what I mean? And I remember that shot and I came back and you're calling it. And I remember you say, like, you say something about like, there's no shame, you know, no shame in this. Like, you know, he's got nothing to be ashamed of. He busted his ass out there. And I was like watching it. And I was, I had tears in my eyes watching it back on TV. because I was like, shit, like for the first time, everybody fucking was on the same page. You know what I mean? We actually made the effort, all of us to, to, get all of it right. AJ was, AJ was a bigger star out of it. I was, a, I, I was, I was a made, you know, the made guy out the back of it. It was one of those things. I remember going into it thinking, well, I felt like I was going to get, you know, for lack of a better term. And I hate to say this because I, I like the guy and I feel like he's unfairly railroaded, but I was worried I was going to get a uh, Roman heat, you know, because, because I beat Bobby Roode earlier on yeah. the night. And I was like, everyone's going to think I'm getting shut and getting pushed, you know, shoved down their throats and they're going to reject me. And I said, and then they want me to have a double baby face match with AJ Styles. Like, I'm like, this is going to kill me. You know what I mean? They're going to crucify me. And then we got out there. And it was like 60, 40. And I was like, wow, this is, you know, and I remember thinking, okay, like now, you know, it's, it's time to deliver. And it was like that, the only other, you know, that was the closest I felt outside of the match with, with Cody, where I felt, okay, that, you know, that, like this, uh, this, the spotlight's on me and I deserve it. And well, you know, you know, you only have a few of those and you, you've experienced a couple already, right? Those epiphany moments as a wrestler, as a, as a you know, in-ring uh, star and as a champion, no matter if you win or lose, you know, it don't matter. Um, and I remember that match, you know, you and AJ, I remember a lot of your matches and, and you were very easy. Just speaking as a color commentator, it was very easy to call your matches for me, to be honest with you. Um, it was, I'd have a lot of guys in my career as an announcer, right? WWE or TNA. Hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Uh, say this, kind of act like this. I'm like, no, uh, do it and I'll feel it, right, you right. know, and, and with you, it was easy. Uh, there, there were a handful of guys actually in, in TNA during your run in TNA that were like that. It wasn't, you know, there was a few ultra talented men uh, that were like that for sure. And you were one of them. And where as a commentator, you just, it's easy to play off of them. Well, that's not, I appreciate it. I'm glad to hear that because I think I've always thought of myself as a TV wrestler, you know, and I think a lot of people always sort of people, some people go, I, you know, I, I prefer, I prefer house shit for live events. I'm like, I don't, I want to, I want to make movies, you know, I want to tell stories like, right. and again, like looking back at the, the Cody match, you know, I think both of us obviously have that. We both feel that way. You know, both of us really understand that to get the full, just squeeze every, you know, drop of life out of an angle and out of a moment, you know, the TV is the last, is the last bastion because you can do these other things like with, like with a guy as talented as Lagana to make these, packages and create these moments where by the time you know it, i i had a feeling 
earlier on in the day and just having been at Starcast the day before all in and stuff like that. And I was very careful even then to sort of maintain uh, this sort of mystique around the match and everything. As I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to do one appearance only, one signing, you know, for two hours. I think that's probably a, it was a good choice. I'm, I'm a big believer in that. <laughs> and, I, and I said, and it was, and it was far away from Cody. And then the only time, the only other time we saw each other was, was at the weigh in and, you know, and all the rest of it. So, so for the people, there was no chance to ever feel like, you know, okay, this is a cooperative effort, you know, like they understood like the prize fight approach. And, um, and I remember just from, from the, from the feeling at Starcast and that, and just everything fell into place. I can't describe how much serendipity there was in that whole thing and how we've had really this whole journey because we just had good energy, you know, but like just little things like, I helped get Shannon Moore booked for Starcast because mm. Shannon, he's a good guy and he's had, he had some personal. Oh, he's the man. He's a good, yeah. Super and, man, yeah. And he basically, he's got himself in ridiculously good shape. He, I saw it on Twitter. Yeah. The guy's fucking looks great, yeah, man. And he's, and he's, and he basically was like, if there's anything you can, you know, you can do, like, I just, I want to just kind of get back in the mix and I just want to be around that energy. And I was like, I love that. Um, yeah. So I, I helped him out. I put him in touch with Conrad, got him booked. Well, fortunately, you know, this is how karma works. Like Shannon had a friend in Chicago who does like, who has like a luxury car dealership. And he's like, Hey, you want, you want some cool cars to like rock around in for the weekend? I'm like, sure. What you got? He's like, you want, you want a Bentley wagon. So here I am. It's all these little things, you know, like I rocked up to my appearance in a fucking Bentley. Not fucking karma, bro. That's good karma. Yeah, it was like, and then you know, just little things like it all just worked. Like, there was never a moment where people could go, uh, you know, every single thing was just another thing, another thing. And I, and I remember like just from the energy and just from what, what people have been saying and just the way people have been, cause you know, with social media, it's hard, right? Cause sometimes people can over embellish and you go, okay, whatever. Yeah. And, yeah. but then after meeting people in Chicago and hearing what they had to say about the match, like before it, I remember having this moment thinking, I think we might, we might have one of those real rare Hogan rock kind of moments here. And I was like, but it was, <laughs> you have to be very careful, you know, how you articulate it, right? Like you don't, and, and, and I knew Cody felt the same thing, but we never talked about that. We never said to each other, okay, let's, let's take our time at the beginning. Cause I feel like everyone's going to go nuts. We just, but I felt we both felt that that would, that would happen. And then sure enough, Earl, I mean, you know, if you, if you watched the match, I know you did. I did. Yeah. Like, even, even, you know, we just, we paid attention to detail, you know, like I got with Earl about the in-ring instructions. And Earl said, what do you want me to say? And I was like, Earl, you know what to say. I want you to, right. I want you to speak from the heart, but you know, as long as you say this, that, and the other, any, anything else you say, I want you, I want Earl Hebner to talk to Nick Aldis and Cody. Do you know what I mean? I don't, yeah. I, I want you to, you, Earl used to be my neighbor. You know, we used to, we used to travel together, you know, and I know he knows he way back at the end of the day. I don't, I'm like everybody else in the biz, right? If you know Earl, you hear Earl's name, you just smile. Right. And, and, and I, and I said, and he was so grateful to be in that moment and to, and to be in that thing. He told me later on, he's like, I haven't felt like that since like 2004 or something. Like that. He's, you know, Shawn Michaels and Triple H or something. And I was That's great. Like, oh, That's great. You know, like the, the matches that he's called and for him to, to say. Oh, my God. Oh, Legendary matches. Yeah. Unbelievable, you know. And, and, I, and, and, then, and then when the bell rang and like we felt this, we felt this sort of rumble. And I, and I looked at Cody and I, and, I, and I remember saying to him, like, are you ready? And he kind of he's like jumping around. And then I, and, and I saw his bottom lip start to go. And I'm not, mm. I'm not trying to destroy his, you know, his, 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 uh, his, his, his image here or anything, but I saw his, I saw him kind of give a little, like his bottom lip started to go. Cause he was starting to get overwhelmed. And I said, pull yourself together. You know what I mean? Like, but like in care, I'm like looking at him and I said, just wait, pull yourself together. You know what I mean? And like, and I looked around and then we gave this little look. And then next thing you know, it was like, 
even more and even more. And I, and I remember like, I'd, I'd never had a feeling like that. Like I felt, you know, like lifted out of my body and said, okay. And it was just, you know, just- I got to tell you, I got to tell you, bro, just the way you explained that I- I'm going to be honest, like, and I don't want to come off like a dick to any of my audience for the Taz show or Nick Aldis fans or, and I appreciate everybody who's downloading this and listen to us just shoot the shit. I think a lot of people listen to this. Uh, it's tough for them to relate to what you just said. Sure. Um, I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. no, I know, I know you do. And that's why, cause it's like, it's, it's, it's fun to, it's, you know, it, it's fun to be in that club. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it is. Up until yeah. then, I, you know, I don't mean to be disrespectful to anybody, bro. No, I no, just... Absolutely. And look, you know, we've earned it. Like there are guys who have been able to get to that point, you know, of, of, it doesn't happen by accident. So it's like, and it's, it's nice to be able to, because look, you can talk about it with whoever. And obviously people who were there, they go, Oh my God, it was unbelievable. But right. for us, it was, it, it's, it's more than that because you, for that moment, it's a different sort of feeling. Like it's, it is. it's like a dream almost like you, you, you it's, it's not like, real. Like in just yeah. watching you and Cody, right. Just moving around. Yeah. And then once, once the physicality started, you go into that work mode and then it just, it just, then it's easy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 Absolutely. But before you get physical, it's like, uh, you know, you, you can't. Yeah. And, and, and then we had that one lockup and we broke and then they just started going, you know, they started going nuts all over again. And that was when, when we circled the second time. It was like, I almost went, dizzy you know what i mean because i was just yeah like, that's usually what happens with these big type matches like yeah. some shit happens usually the beginning these you know any hyped huge moment in and in, in whatever territory and what, what year I, I, with sabu and i and it was this big build-up and then i was supposed to slap him in the face and i knocked him out i slapped him so <laughs> fucking hard <laughs> and i felt like shit and he was like, oh that's not You're good everything <laughs> Ruined the whole fucking gimmick. No, but and I'm not. I wasn't trying to be a tough guy. Just you know, your adrenaline's flowing. So like, I, and like I said, you and Cody, dude, that shit was physical. And I got a feeling come October 21st in Nashville on that Sunday, you guys are gonna get even more physical. I uh, I borrowed a line from from the the greatest of all time, Ric Flair, uh, and I put it on Twitter the day after. I found this really great picture of the arena that was you know like from the from way up in the. I think someone took it from one of the suites, you know, right way up in the, you know, nosebleeds, whatever the full, yeah. it was me and Cody in the ring. And I, and I just said, we've only just begun. And that was, that was, that's what Cody, you know, that's what, that's what Flair said to, you know, to Dusty. And I, and I just, and that was, uh, and that's how I felt. I said, like, you know, this is, this is, this wasn't the, this was a culmination of a story, but it was really just the culmination of a chapter. And again, just to reiterate, uh, it's just very uh, impressive how you guys were a are able and we're in the middle of it now right that this this angle this feud this rivalry whatever adjective you want to use this this you know i guess rivalry is the best way with you and cody it's how awesome that there's not this massive machine helping it it's you utilize the social media the right way and when you guys hook up and when you're facing each other there's magic there there's chemistry there and it's real and you just said you explained it earlier in this podcast with me that there's legitimate competitive juices and not heat with each other but there's you know you want to outdo each other and i guess that leads to some heat especially when the adrenaline flows well, look, and it's because the people know that it's they they know that it's us they know that my feud is my rivalry with him it's his rivalry with me it's not it's not a bunch of guys sat in a room going who can we pair up you know, to, to have a thing with and and because they know, because we weren't in the same company, we weren't in the same, you know, we weren't, we weren't really even moving in the same circles, 
it all, it, it all happened by a bit of chance because Ring of Honor were kind of interested in doing some stuff with us, and they were sort of they knew that there was a link there with me and Marty Skrull because we you know we 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 go way back like we started in the business together and and all that. Didn't you have? Correct me if I'm wrong, bro. I, re- I read this a while back. Didn't you have like your last match in the UK before you came to TNA with him? Uh, I think I could have sworn I read that, that, that somewhere. Could, that that could be true. That I could be I true, right? Know, it's weird because I don't. I know I didn't really pay attention. Don't worry, bro. Somebody on Twitter will smart us. <laughs> yeah, <back>. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Like I did. I do remember my um my, my first uh my first ever singles match was with Doug Williams, which is really really mm. because like I'd done I'd done a bunch of you know the the knights uh, pages mom and dad you know they were very smart about how they they broke people in like your first you know you'd always be in like eight man tags and battle royals and stuff like that to begin with yeah um, and i remember doug came to be a guest trainer at a school i was going down to in london and he just sort of you know picked me out of a lineup and you know worked around me a little bit obviously saw that i had a bit of a look and stuff like that and then yeah. went and got me booked and basically said that this i remember this promoter john freemantle he used to do um very traditional. He would still do the, the the shows in rounds, you know, the the British style in rounds and everything. So Doug was obviously his guy, and he was like, Doug, you know, Doug recommended you to me. In fact, Doug said the best thing to do would be to wrestle him, and I was just like, Go me. <laughs> Doug was. I just said this recently on one of the the last. I think it was the last episode of Ten Pounds, or maybe the one before, but where I, the one after All In, where I went back to England, and I wrestled Doug. Um, you know, I said the, the thing with Doug is like he was a hero to us because at a time where like now everyone's going, oh, the British scene is amazing and like all these great British wrestlers and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, Doug Williams, Jody Fleisch and Johnny Storm, but mm-hmm. Doug especially was the guy who when when no one was talking about British wrestling on a world stage, no one was talking about British wrestlers, you know, that no one had really cracked it. No one had really sort of done anything since, you know, Regal to, you know, to a lot, yeah, to, absolutely. To, to a high level. Doug, a special athlete, special wrestler, uh, just a an underrated, a, underrated oh, star I, I, in, I, in, in, our, in our industry. If he came along today, mm. uh, t- totally different story. And, Brother, forget it. <laughs> uh, and, and, and he and it, but he was but he was kicking ass in Noah in Japan. He was going to Germany all the time. He was in Ring of Honor, and like so we, were, you know, he was a hero to us because we were like, wow, you know, this British wrestler is like world renowned. And then, and I think part of that helped a lot of us because there was a, there was a whole sort of generation of us like, um, even though they're a few years older than me, but like Wade Barrett and Drew McIntyre and Sheamus and all these guys. Yeah. We all sort of we all kind of cracked America within the same sort of few, you know, within a couple of years of one another. And a lot of that was because thanks to Doug, we had this we kind of went, okay, we can, we can we can get some attention if we if we if we try, you know, if we really So in essence, he was a, a strong pioneer for you guys. Absolutely. Yeah, and then and then, and then I think in turn, our generation of guys like 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 the guys I just mentioned and a few others, we sort of helped kick the door down for the, for the guys who came after us. And now of course there's, you know, there's, there's tons of Brits and everyone, and not only is there tons of Brits, but because of all of us coming from it, they all, all people in America and other places started looking, well, where do these guys come from? Oh, wait, right. you know, and then guys like Daniel Bryan and stuff who had wrestled in England a lot. And they're going, no, the scene over there is great. Are you, are you kidding me? You know, like you, you ought to see this stuff. And then they're going back and seeing like all these great wrestlers. And suddenly they and suddenly now it's like, there are four sort of international territories, you know, there's, there's, it yep. used to be kind of, you know, America, Mexico and Japan. Now I feel like it's America, Mexico, Japan and the UK. 
I think you're right, uh, and and well deserved <laughs> for sure. And uh, over the years, been so many great British wrestlers, obviously yourself included, and currently there's so many great young talents. And I'm, bro, listen, I'm man, I'm the most decorated British wrestler of all time, Tez. I don't, I'm just saying. Who is you? Who, who you? <laughs> who, Magnus or, or Nick Aldis? Who? <laughs> I, I lump it all together into one. Obviously, you know. <laughs> Dude, look, man, I, I I love what you're doing, man. I'm so happy for you, and and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. And obviously, I'd love for you to come back on here again with yours truly after you beat Cody and get your NWA title back. I'm rooting for you. Tell Cody I said that too. Okay, live on pay per view on Fight TV Sunday, October 21st, the from Nashville 70. And I tell you, there's that there's there's a lot of you know, like I said, we've got Tony Schiavone calling the main event. Jim Cornette's on color. The uh, the women's championship will will be defended by Jazz, and if any any, I, mean, I know you're very familiar with Jazz, but of course, it, yeah, for years you see some of the the package stuff on her. That she's it's, well, she uh, could basically beat the living shit out of most men that are alive. So. Right? It's, she's yeah, she, this this bitch is no joke, and no, she's tough as hell, bro. <laughs> I can't wait. I was I'm so excited for people to see the Jazz stuff because like I'm so I'm I'm just like I think it's such you know with all the attention that's that's another thing. It's another real example of hey we're taking this person's real feelings here because she i can tell you she's seeing all this stuff now this women's evolution and, yep, yep. and obviously look i'm sort of i'm, I'm close to it you know with, you know, well, with mickey of course yeah but like even you know even her like there are times where she gets pissed off because she's kind of like why are you erasing all the work that we did in the you know before like why are you pretending this stuff doesn't exist mm. and here's jazz who during the during the uh the the, the barbie doll era was, yeah, well, it was all the divas and stuff. Yeah, yeah. dude, she's you know she's take no prisoners, kick ass, you know, woman, and and she's kind of and she's you know she's been hasn't really been credited with you know with what pioneer she is. And let's face it, now there are there are a lot more women in the business who who uh, resemble the kind of thing that Jazz was doing back when it wasn't cool to do. Well, a complete pure athlete uh, that was kicking ass. She, she wasn't just eye candy, you know. She yeah, was, man. And she, yeah, no. you, I when, is this, when is the stuff on jazz? When is that going to drop on on the NWA? Uh, I, on I, the don't know if it's, ago? I mean, that's not my call, but it's it's going to roll out soon. And I'll tell you, she's like, right, don't get hot, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's that. Wait till you see it. She's she, her feelings. That that's real. She's pissed. And she's really, like, I'm not surprised. I know I haven't talked to her in a long time, but I, I believe she's pissed. I believe yeah, you. Gonna, they're, they're, we're crowning a new, uh, new national champion. We were actually discussing the, uh, the format for that today. The, 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 the names that are going to be involved in that, I think is, I think people are going to be really pleased and like entertained. It's a real good mixed bag of like hungry young guys. Cause like that title is going to be the, for the, you know, for the people, for the guys who are hungry. You know what I mean? Like that, that's, that's going to, that's what that title is going to represent to us is the guys who are hungry to like make a name for us. Like perhaps haven't had the, haven't had the opportunity of a platform that they, that they've. And, then, and what's the name of the title? The, the, the national title. The national title. So it's guys that are on the grind, on the climb, on the come up that are just trying. Yeah. I like that. That's cool. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And I, I'm looking forward to seeing other matches come out that are announced. I mean, the event's not that far away and, and you guys are already selling tickets like crazy. Uh, and it's going to be sold out. I was telling Lagan that recently and we were texting and, um, 
And, you know, Nashville's obviously a hotbed and, and uh, the asylum there on that Sunday, it's going to be great. And the event starts at 6.05 p.m., which is, I think is awesome. That's, yeah. that's so cool. It's another, another fun little thing, you know, because just because obviously Nashville has been such, a, such an important part of my story and my sure. career. So it's another, another sort of serendipitous thing that it's happening in Nashville. That's true. Yeah, well, all your years with TNA, obviously, like we talked about. But, uh, bro, I know you get, you get, you're going to come back on here. Um, I think you guys are going to really tear it down. I think you and Cody, it's going to be as advertised. As the hype is real, and it's going to work. And I'm looking forward to seeing it, bro. And I, I can't thank you enough for coming on here and just shooting the shit at me for the past hour or so, man. I can't thank you enough for having me on. Nah, man, really. Uh, and we got to get you back on again, Magnus. All right, bro? Well, Nick, sorry. <laughs> All right, brother, I'll talk to you soon. So there you have it, guys. Uh, you heard it right from the challenger for the NWA championship. Can Nick Aldis get that NWA title back come October 21st in Nashville from the dreaded Cody? Well, we're going to find out. you got to make sure you buy it. Go check out 10 Pounds of Gold, too, on an NWA uh, YouTube channel. It's a great gimmick. All right, guys, listen, I'm Taz. You're not. Adios. Now my circle is getting smaller. All these people